What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us here after a bye week that we decided to take last minute. Welcome to Church of the Corn. Uh, Drake, what's what's going on, my man? How are you doing? Oh, you know, uh, I'd say I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. Uh, I, I think I'm doing better than you physically, which is a first that we've ever been able to say on this show. I, I, um, I do I do have to agree with you on that one. I think physically you are in better condition than I am right now. <laughs> it won't be it won't last long. Um, yeah, I mean, you have two you arms doing? and I don't. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm all right, my man. You know, uh, my, I've had some shooting pain in the shoulder. Tore my, I guess if you're not familiar, I tore my bicep tendon last week, which sucked. But, uh, you know, I actually went to the gym today and just did some leg stuff, went, uh, went for a nice jog on the treadmill. So can't do anything upper body-wise, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. Making, yeah, and uh, then you're going to hurt your legs, and I'm going to have to remind you again, this is why I don't go to the gym. <laughs> Which I, I am really happy that that is one of the messages that someone sent to me. I, and it may have been you. This is why I don't go to the gym. And it's like, ah, understandable. It, yeah, um, I, I'm sure there were more, but definitely me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I go see the ortho tomorrow, so we'll get surgery figured out and all that kind of fun shit. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I'm physically doing. So yeah, it's, well, it's, it's fabulous. I'm, I'm sure the congregation will say some prayers for you for a, a speedy recovery. You know, the good thing is it's a 30 minute surgery, so I, I should be in and out pretty quick. So fingers crossed, we're, we're back uh, back to back to 100 percent pretty quickly, and uh, hopefully, I don't have to miss any games uh, in Lincoln, but. We'll see. We'll see when surgery gets set for. Well, if you need somebody to take your tickets, I, I know a guy. I, I mean, I do have some pretty good <laughs> seats, so I, I, I'll definitely keep that guy in the loop. Um, you know, we, we, we missed the Michigan game. Uh, we didn't miss it. I mean, nobody missed that. We, we agreed not to talk about it, but. It was, it was great timing between me tearing my bicep and uh, that Michigan game, and we just decided to take a week off. Uh, Kind of to collect thoughts, get back together, and yeah. So let's let's not dive into that too far. But no, no, there's um, nothing to really dive into. <laughs> was there anything you came away from that game that you you were able to find any sort of a bright spot? Uh, the the only bright spot I'm gonna take away from that game because I've pretty much said it's a game that you just burn the tape from. You, there's nothing positive mm-hmm. you could take from the tape. Uh, the the one positive thing that I took from that game. And you've seen in every game previously that that this staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball, has done is they've got a lot of guys in the game. They got a lot of guys who have now got snaps, meaningful snaps in. I won't say big games, but Michigan's a big game. Like you are getting it when these snaps count. It's not um, snaps at the end of games. We're seeing a lot of rotation come through. You're seeing a lot of experience. This is how they're going to develop this team. Um, you can't develop a team without guys getting snaps and so that's that's the one positive thing i took from it was a lot of guys got game time um, okay it was absolutely ugly uh i mean it, it if it could have went wrong it did go wrong but yeah you know, no i agree michigan um, played like the number two team in the country they, they're fabulous they're a yeah. great team so to build off those two points one um you know i put it out there on twitter that was not the same michigan team i watched against Bowling Green and Rutgers. Jim Harbaugh being on the sideline for that first game made a huge, huge oh, yeah. difference. Um, so that's the first takeaway. Like I had not very been, similar against uh, Minnesota this last weekend too. Yeah. I had not been impressed. And, and again, like I know, I know it's easy to say like 
yeah, you you know, they're the number one team. They dominated Nebraska, and now all of a sudden you respect them. That's not the case. Like, I always respected them, but they had been underwhelming from the eye test leading up to the Nebraska game. Yeah, they and, almost were kind of sleepwalking through their schedule. Yeah, I mean, J.J. McCarthy threw three interceptions to Bowling Green. I don't think Bowling Green has a better defense than Nebraska, right? Like, it just – they weren't put together. And that that's why you have several warm-up games generally. Um, so that's the first takeaway for me. The second takeaway is um, I was not discouraged with the offensive play across the board, like entirely. Offensive line obviously showed some holes, but I thought, especially in the passing game early, they were able to move the ball up and down the field a little bit. You know, mm. you have a failed fourth down conversion. You have a ball tipped at the line. Uh, there's definitely a lot of problems there, but for the most part, I felt like they they got the ball down the field a couple of times in the first half efficiently. Uh, Harburg's first half, much like what we'll talk about this for the Illinois game, I thought he looked relatively confident and had some of his stronger performances early in in these last two games. Yeah, it, it it's it's almost like he's uh starting to learn and develop and grow into the the position of the starting quarterback at Nebraska or something. It's it, it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, but, I mean, in that Michigan first half, he threw he threw some tough balls, especially on the on the second drive, uh, right after that pick, he threw some really good balls. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he's growing as a player. He's growing as a passer. Remember, most of us did not think he would be playing. I mean, I know I did not think he'd be playing at this point of the season, uh, unless it was an injury. I mean, he's he's. We done didn't think nothing. he was going to be playing quarterback at all at one point. We, I mean, we brought up the the uh, like a Tim Tebow package for him. Just what can you do to get him on the field? Well, we found out when he gets on the field, he wins games. So, um, if he can develop, man, just the the one thing that concerns me about him as a passer is his three quarter throwing motion. He's six five. When you're dropping that arm down as far as he does, that's why you're seeing so many tip balls because he's not navigating the pocket through those passing windows either. Yeah, so it's funny you bring that up. Uh, I paid I paid a ton of attention to it on Friday night just just for shits and giggles. Like I decided that the, that was the spot of the game I was really going to pay attention to was how he was throwing the ball. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, two things we've we've talked about it like every quarterback that played for Verdusco at Nebraska had that arm slot. Um, Logan Smothers did it. Adrian Martinez kind of reverted to it. Andrew Bunch, when he played Luke McCaffrey, and I know we have all our, our own thoughts about Luke McCaffrey, but like you can see that he is trying to break that mold. And if you go back and watch the first half, um, especially the first three drives, his arm slot is significantly better. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you hear Rule talk about it in the post game, and this is now the second or third time he's brought it up. Heinrich and Satterfield's brought it up too. Like Heinrich's conditioning is not great. And then in the second half, you see that that arm slot pretty much the whole time. So I'm curious, I'm I'm disappointed in two spots around Harburg as a whole and his conditioning. And like I don't know. Am I upset with Harburg for not being in good enough shape or am I upset with the staff? Cause he was with the staff all season. Like who do we blame here? Or two, are we putting too much on the quarterback shoulder? Like we don't know if Jeff Sims would be tired with 
running this style of offense. Um, he looked pretty tired at Minnesota when he ran the ball 19 times. So there's got to be some give and take, right? Um, but this is why you know, I've said this since Sims went down, pretty much since Northern Illinois. I want to see them both duel it out in the same game for, for that spot. I, I, I lean towards Heinrich right now just because we're three and one with him. And we've turned the ball over significantly less, even though we played Michigan, who I think might be one of the top three defenses in the country. But if they're both relatively the same, why not rotate them both and keep them both fresh? Because if one's playing significantly better, but they're both struggling Mm conditioning-wise. Yeah, the conditioning thing is always a strange – it's always strange, uh, especially at the Division I level. It's – I know he's a big guy, 6'5", 230, but he's not a he's not an overly bulky 230. So I, I, I don't know. I'm 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 a little confused on his conditioning. Um, well, I think I a huge part of it is the shots he takes, right? Like he doesn't know he, how to avoid shots yet. That's that's true. He takes some massive shots throughout the game. To and it's always concerning watching him because we haven't had quarterback make it through a season, an entire season, injury free. I don't remember the last time that that happened. So Andy came out in the Louisiana Tech game because he couldn't finish because he got dinged up there. Like, obviously, part of it is the shots he takes. Like, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. But like, are you coaching him to avoid them? That yeah, because you can coach your uh, your players to do that. Will they do that? Not necessarily. Um, but one thing about Sims is I, I think someone. Uh, brought up the injury report and Sims wasn't on the injury report for Illinois. So it's, it's almost a healthy scratch at this point. That that's really interesting to me. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen the injury report, so I can't comment on it, but I, I know people that were at the game that said Sims was still limping around pretty bad on the sidelines. So that's my thing when, and when I saw that, because there's no, absolutely no way if that's a high ankle sprain, which I, I believe he's got a high ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be out six to eight weeks and that's that's pretty conservative i feel like i mean you could rush him back if he needed to within a month i think he's going to be out the full six to eight weeks honestly if it's bad enough i'd be surprised if he plays again this season i think he's going to be needed yeah but i don't know i don't know what shape he'll be in at that point to to really help this team unfortunately i think if sims truthfully if sims is going to have a shot to take that job back he has to be ready to go by Illinois. Um, do I think he's ready? At this point, I'm leaning no, because if he's str- – Harburg's second half struggles, and supposedly Sims wasn't on the injury report, I think he's still hurt. But like, how many games do you – how many games are you able to go with your backup quarterback and then – you know, let's say let's say Nebraska wins the next two, right? With Harburg. Well, at that point, you're you're five and one with Harburg, oh and two with Sims. Like at that point, I think it's impossible to come back to the team and say, All right, we're we're pulling the plug and going back to day one. Honestly, like, I feel like at this point it's it's hard to do that right now, just considering how you've seen the team function and and not that it wasn't functional under Sims. Uh, the defense has always been functional. The offense has was pretty dysfunctional under Sims due to turnovers. They moved the ball. It's always been turnovers. Is that a sign of the Satterfield offense? Is that a sign guys are sloppy? Or is that a sign of you've got guys making their first starts 
in pretty big spots learning a new system. I, uh, the Grant thing, I don't know how to make heads or tails of Anthony Grant's fumbles, unfortunately, at this point. That's just that's just part of his game, I feel like. Yeah, a and concerning it's, so part. We- it's so weird because it hadn't been in the past. Like, he didn't have that problem in junior college. He didn't have that problem last year, and now all of a sudden he's fumbling like – like he gets paid to, like he's out there point shaving. Um, it, yeah, it, it's it's just wild. I, I'm concerned every time I watched him run the ball that what would happen would, you know, an eventual fumble would come out just because the ball was getting away from the body for one reason or another, and there go your three points of contact. He doesn't have the ball security to hold on to it, <laughs> or or the or the maybe trust in himself at this point. No, no, and I, I mean, I guess the good news is. He's fumbled it what four times. We've only lost two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worrisome though. Like at this point, do you have to do what you did against Minnesota and kind of, you know, put him back on the on the bench and say, "Here you go, Josh Fleeks. It's your team to roll with now." Josh Fleeks and Emmett Johnson. Um, that's that's almost where I almost feel you have to be at this point. Unfortunately, it, it, and that and that's a concern because that's your best running back. Talent oh, by far. Talent wise. Yeah, I I mean, production-wise, too, at this point. I also think, and this isn't a major excuse, right? Like, that's still running back fundamental. But Anthony Grant is was not meant to play in this style of offense, right? Like, he's more of a zone read, a stretch zone type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um I don't, he's just not used to having contact from three, four guys every play. Um, that's something that needs to get corrected regardless. But um, both him and Emma Johnson, I think you got to give a little bit of grace in that area just because it's not necessarily what what they were designed for when they came here. Yeah, I, I feel like the Frost offense is different than the, the Matt Rule offense. So that we're, we're seeing that. Um, guys that are transitioning or are making the adjustment to the offense and defense um, are clicking. And there's some guys that aren't, but I do, I do have a question for you since we were talking quarterbacks a little bit ago, and I seen this on Twitter. Um, do you think the starting quarterback for Nebraska in 2024 is on the roster right now? I do. Uh, and that's only because I think it's Heinrich Harburg for at least one more year. Um I think this staff, and this is entire, entirely my my opinion, right? This is nothing to do with anything else. But I remember listening to Matt Rule talk about, hey, there was a conversation about moving Heinrich to tight end or wide receiver. And I said, hey, I think you have a pretty good shot to be here, uh, to play at play this position here. I really do. I, I remember that conversation with Matt Rule in, in – a press conference or an interview. But I don't think I that conversation happened right before the spring game, after they brought in Jeff Sims and everything else. I don't know if this staff knew what they had. They didn't. They didn't know what they had with him. And I don't think they put forth the effort in him as much as they did to get Sims ready. And I think they're going to be really intrigued by what they got and what they'll be able to do with him with an offseason focus on him. I think he gets one more year to run this back, um, and then they evaluate where they're at next year. Keep in mind, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback right now. That wide receiver room 
is not ready to go. The running back room is decimated and your offensive line still is not very good. So like the fact that any quarterback is having any amount of success in this situation gives them hope for the future. Cause it does me. Yeah. I think Harburg is the kind of guy that, that the reason he's having success is because for, I mean, he's a wrecking ball of a quarterback. I mean, he's, he doesn't play a pretty game. Uh, he, he's effective. He gets the ball where it needs to be occasionally, um, but they've been able to pick up. They've been able to make big plays when it when it needs to be done, and that's something we haven't seen the last couple of years or the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they've picked up key third downs, or you know, they, they've made plays like the uh, Illinois game, for instance. They got a uh, fourth down stop on the goal line. Okay, they did that, and then Harburg throws a 30, 30 to 40-yard pass uh, to Washington down the right sideline. Back shoulder like, throw. That Those are some clutch plays that previous Nebraska teams just haven't done. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, I, as the situation gets better, I think the rest of his game gets better, right? Like, I think he's, he's a really weird prospect because he can do so many things. He doesn't do a lot of them well, but he's he's winning games right now and and honestly um nebraska is not in a spot to complain about winning ugly or winning pretty like you're not a playoff team if you were a playoff team then you can say hey we need to win this way we need to win by 21 you should just be happy fucking winning by one at this point Mm -hmm. and you know hence the banner down here we're learning we are learning how to win um and that's the hardest thing in sports. I've said it. I've said it for two years now. Like learning how to win versus learning how to play not to lose. Totally different mindset. And um, all you've been surrounded by is losing for the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. It's not. Let's. I mean, the last bowl game was 2016 for Nebraska. Yeah, so you have not won more than half your game since 2016. It's been a long time, man. That's so, that's fucking insane. I mean, it just makes my yeah. head hurt every time I hear it. Um, but yeah, like when I think when it gets to the point that your quarterback doesn't have to run as much as it does today, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you see this massive drop off a cliff from Harburg that you've seen in the second half, the last you know three games. Mm-hmm. Hell, you even I, I'll say it all four of his games, he's kind of fallen off a cliff in the second half. I think the offense and, and, and Hole has because that's kind of the guy that's been making it really roll. And you've seen it with this conditioning, especially in the fourth quarter. I, I, I don't know how many points they've scored in the fourth quarter, but I don't think they scored. Uh, I don't they think didn't they score scored Friday in the fourth. I was going to say, I know they scored, uh, but it was Alvano in the second half that scored the points in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's concerning uh, that the offense isn't scoring in the second half. Um, now, one thing I absolutely love though, is they control the shit out of the ball. 37 minutes to 22 minutes. Like that's what rules. That's what rule wants. And I said it, that the Illinois game is a, is a proof of concept of what he's looking for this, for Nebraska to look like at least this season. Yeah. I do think no matter who the quarterback is, they got to get some wildcat packages in there on some of those design quarterback runs. You just you can't let either of those guys get hit as often as they are. 
Yeah, that's that that's still the concerning part. Even though Harburg's six five, two thirty, and Sims Sims was six four, two twenty ish. I mean, big guys, but you don't want your quarterback taking shots like that all all game. Yeah. I I'll be honest, going back to my question, I'm not I, I think the starter may not be on the team. I think I think they're gonna look this offseason. You know, you still got Kalen coming in who I expect a red shirt next season. I think they're gonna look at, at they have to look at a transfer quarterback, at least one. Um, just to bolster that room. My my only caveat to that is it's going to be hard to find a quarterback in the portal better than anything on the roster today with without any proof of concept of how you're going to help him. You know, oh, what I'm I agree. Saying? A quarterback, a good quarterback, is not going to want to come to an offense that's uh, floundering in the wind that has no idea what it wants to do. Yeah, how can no, you get exactly. me to the NFL, or how can you get me to the next level? Essentially, yeah, I think I think that it's going to be really hard for them to go find a quarterback, in, unless they're able to find somebody running around the JUCO levels. I don't know exists yet. Yeah, Nate Glantz was the one I was thinking of. From I think it was Iowa Western. He he mm-hmm. would have been the only one I was thinking of. Um, He's I, at Iowa State now, I believe. Yep, that's what I thought too. Um, Going to the you know the defensive side of the ball against Illinois, uh, so every t- I, I think I put it up earlier. Nebraska hasn't beaten Illinois in like twelve hundred days, thirteen hundred days, mm-hmm. which that that that's a crazy number. But Illinois rushed the ball for nineteen times for only twenty one yards. Outside of the Michigan game, they've held every team under sixty yards rushing. Every team on the schedule. Um, Harburg, 200 yards in his first three out of his first four starts, but they also didn't give a point uh, in the second half, which I mean, I said, if you can give this team 14 points to play with, they're going to win a lot of games. If you give them 21, I feel like they win more. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. The, the defense, apart from the field goal kicking, I say special teams too. Like those have been bright Huge plays. I mean, they made a huge play, uh, against Illinois with the, uh, when they kicked the ball high in the air, that, that was a turnover right there. I mean, that's huge. Well, that and the block punt. Um, yep. Yeah. So, got to gotta nail down some more kicking, though. Got to get yes. better at kicking the field goal. Um, oh. Gave Alvano some grace, obviously, as a freshman. Um, that last one was into the teeth of the wind. I think he just tried to overcorrect it. Yep. It's, I mean, he's going to have his yips or he's going to, he's going to go through his slumps as, as a true freshman, but the kid's got a, uh, an outstanding leg. If, yeah. if he takes his lumps his freshman year, I feel, I don't, I, I feel like he's just going to improve from here. Mm-hmm. Um, penalties were a, a bit of a concern. I think they had 10 penalties for 70 yards. You know, I, I feel like that's about double what they've been getting lately. Yeah. They've been, about- they've been a lot more disciplined. I'll tell you, there's one penalty though, that, that is unforgivable. And when I say unforgivable, like you don't get a pass on this. There's no Illinois was doing things to create us to go false start. Ben Scott's personal foul oh, yep. penalty was one of the most ridiculous things I've seen in a long time. I think this is the second one this season that he's gotten where it's been blatant and it's 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 been out in the open. It's like, dude, I'm the fuck on. Yeah. Um I get I get edgy play, but 
there, there's a limit. There's a limit. And when it starts costing your team like that, it's 15 yards at a time. It's not great when you're giving them first down. Yeah. Did he seem to be struggling snapping the ball a little bit too on Friday? Uh, it The ball was, seemed to be a little bit all over the place. I feel like a lot of linemen had some troubles, but I, it wasn't one of Scott's better games. Yeah. So with, I mean, across the board, I, I agree. I think, I think it was a rough game for Scott. Um, beyond that, he's played really well most of the season. So, I mean, he's the best that you could have hoped for when he transferred in. He, he solidified, he solidified your uh, center position for the year. And that's, that's what you needed him to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, bright spot for the game Friday. Got a Malachi Coleman touch for the yep. first time all season. That was nice. I kind of thought that was going to be his breakout game after he got the one. Um, and then it just never never kept coming. Yeah, I see. he was out there for quite a few snaps, which has been good. Um, Ferocious run blocker. Absolutely. I mean, he's a big body kid. Uh, I, I believe uh, I think Jaden Doss may have been out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about him getting more snaps as well as well as being on the travel roster. So, you know, that that room is young. It's talented, but hopefully, hopefully after the uh, the bye week here against Northwestern, we start seeing some more some more of these guys trotting out there because you're really depleted in that wide receiver. Room. Well, yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to have to because it doesn't sound like Marcus Washington's going to be ready to go. Uh, after the bye week, even that did did they say what was uh what was up with the with the leg? Was it just lower just body? Just a knee, just okay. a knee. Um, at least that's what they said on the broadcast. So, gotcha. um, I know he was in street clothes pretty quickly. He was coaching up Malachi every time he came off the off the field. So, uh, it's weird, right? Because I'm not I'm not the biggest Washington guy. I think he drops too many balls, but he's been without a doubt your best receiver. Oh yeah, I mean he's been the most explosive and consistent receiver you've had um, in in that room, and and obviously the most the seen the most senior one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a big hit considering you you did not have a lot of guys to lose w- with any play experience going into this season. Yeah, and you're down three since the preseason with that's Garcia Castaneda now now Washington. So. It almost couldn't be worse but hopefully that gives guys the uh, opportunity to step into positions and roles um the one thing that i i guess i've heard is you're not seeing guys because it's it's difficult it's a difficult playbook to learn well, well at this point simplify. time to dumb it down dumb simplify it down. simplify simplify so you can get these athletes on the field and put them in positions to be successful yeah 100 percent um question for you so I, I put this up uh, as well. You had four games in a row, and I think this is a pivotal stretch for Nebraska uh, because you had Illinois, you have a bye week, then you've got Northwestern at home, Purdue at home, and Michigan State on the road. Right now, you are at 500 team. You are at three and three. Next three games, I feel like, are complete rock fights, and it depends on the teams that show up. But after six games, or after nine games, and those are your next three. What would your record? What, what do you what What do you think the record is? I think it's five and four. Okay. Which think, one do you think they drop? I think they drop Michigan State. I just think that's a tough one on the road for this team. Um, with at the rate that we're losing bodies, that's going to be mm-hmm. tough. That makes sense, and and that's the latest one. Obviously, that's going to be November fourth before you have another big stretch to end the season up. 
I honestly think they they could be bowl eligible, and I do think they will end up being bowl eligible by the end of it. You get Northwestern at home. I, I think that's just going to be an ugly game. Northwestern always plays Nebraska tough for some reason. Um, going back to Fitzgerald, and, and they're, they're always close games. Purdue with Walters, another game at home for for Nebraska. We'll, we'll see what they look like at, at at that point. That'll be the 28th, and then Michigan State once again the 4th. It's always tough going on the road, but I know Nebraska has had some success. I feel like they should have beat them. What was it last year when the um, interception, or was that two years ago? That was the that was the twenty-one year. Uh, okay, so I was thinking of twenty-one, but I'd love yes, to get them. Yes, Murray didn't finish the uh, the route and got the, the and, slant in overtime, and then you know, in the third or fourth quarter, you had the punt go the wrong direction. Yeah, that yeah, that was a game that I remember watching it and just. Wasn't having. I mean, the team had a meltdown, and it was it was disgusting to watch. But um, another crazy stat about this team: um, so they have the opportunity. In 2018, was the last team that won more games in the second half of the season than they lost, which is also insane. I, I feel like they could also they also had the opportunity to do that, which I feel like exercises a lot of demons from this program just having a winning second half of the season and, and and you're going bowling at that point. Yeah. I mean, if you can win, so you got six games left. If you can win, hell, if you can just win three of them, get bowling. That's um, all you need at this point. Get Brian bowling. Munson said it two weeks ago, that missing week of practice has been huge. Yep. Well, and, and if you think about it, they haven't made a bowl game in seven years. That's seven weeks of practice you've missed out on. Yeah, seven months of practice. Seven months, yeah. Excuse me, because you get the the whole pra- the the month of practice. So yeah, that, that that's a lot of development time that this team has missed out on. Um, once again, going into a bye week, so hopefully they can get some of these guys healthy. Um, the defense has been playing incredible. I think it's a they're they're seventh in the country in rush defense, and they are number twenty or twenty one in the country in rush offense right now. So obviously, what they're doing is is working to a degree. It's just going to take it's going to take some time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, defense it looks better every week. I mean, we forced some turnovers. Um, you know, our guy Jamari Butler leads the team in sacks, friend of the show. So that's always fun to fun to say. Uh, Luke Reimers should be getting healthy. Cam Len- Lenard's finally healthy. Um, curious how long Deshaun Singleton's going to be out because I think I think him even more than Reimer is one of those leaders. Um, you know, Reimer's probably the vocal guy getting everybody lined up, getting these calls out quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Deshaun Singleton brings a level of violence that not a lot of guys on that defense do. And um I think I think they're missing him more than they're missing Reimers right now. And Reimers they missed a lot more during Michigan just because I think he gets those calls out quicker, gets guys yeah. lined up. Um, but from an athleticism standpoint, I don't, I don't know that you're missing as much with Rhymers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, seeing guys like Makai Gaber out there or Bayer out there balling out is, is yeah, fun to watch yeah. too. Now I, I know Bayer is not the same position as Rhymers, but I mean, it's, it's fun seeing him out there considering how far he, how, how low he was at one point this off season and, and then having the opportunity to step in, I got to say Gifford has grown on me as a safety. Like he has, has, has absolutely grown on me. Uh, he's just making plays all over the place and it's, it's not he pretty. Out on Friday. 
He oh, balled. he absolutely did. He he made quite a few plays, and I mean, while you you hate losing Singleton, um, Gifford's a guy stepping in that. Phelan Sanford. Phelan Sanford was who filled in for. Oh, was it? It was Sanford, wasn't it? Yeah, Gifford is playing kind of their nickel. Okay, he, he's playing that kind of hybrid position that jack of all trades. It's, it's not the jack, but yeah. Um, no, Phelan Sanford had a pretty good game as well. He forced the fumble. Mm-hmm. Um, you you st- you're still missing a lot from Singleton versus Sanford. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, there's a reason why one one guy was a heavy recruit coming into college. One guy was a walk on that's earned his way. Now that's not to say I don't love Phelan Sanford. I think Phelan Sanford is a guy that you need on your team. Um, the dude has been a special teams Swiss army knife for years. Um, but Deshaun Singleton is in my opinion, an NFL safety. He is a Sunday guy at safety. The way he, he lays people out the way he can play in coverage. The guy's a special talent. And, you're going to need him down the stretch. So the sooner he can come back, the better. Absolutely. And and, and Sanford's been very uh, outspoken about, you know, our guys being here and guys buying in and kind of buying into the system and, and, and what's going to be needed. And I, I, you're going to see more guys transfer out this off season, but I, I do think that you're getting a great core uh, team. And I think this team's talented enough to go bowling, and I feel like they should go bowling at the end of the year. Um, I, that defense is – I wish they had some semblance of an offense that was consistent to really reward that defense because that defense oh, is damn God. good. That defense is good. It's it's a very similar to that 21 team. Hmm. Um, now, the 21 offense was obviously significantly better. They were just marred by turnovers. Uh, I don't know what – what I would rather have, I would, would I rather have you score a lot more points and turn the ball over a lot more and make that defense work harder? Or would I rather what we're watching now where, you know, it's kind of a rock fight, but you're not hanging the defense out to drive four possessions a game. I don't know. Yeah. That, that's a tough part at this point is kind of balancing what exactly you, you want it, what you want as a fan. Um, at this point, I'm cool with every game being an ugly rock fight. Just come out scoring one more point than the other team does. And I, I feel like this team is going to do that more often than not. There's really not a team the rest of the way on the schedule that you look at and say, well, Nebraska really doesn't have a shot against them like you did Michigan. There's not one team on the schedule that you say that. I mean, your toughest ones will be Wisconsin and Maryland. And Iowa. And, and, and Iowa. And Iowa for its for its own reasons I don't feel like is in the same category as those two but even Maryland and and, and Wisconsin by that point of the season you've got a lot more games under your belt it could be it could be an interesting play at that time I think this Wisconsin team is the most beatable Wisconsin team that we've played in a while um now obviously under Scott Frost they played them close several times even under Mike Riley but this team has a lot of faults, and I think they even have more faults underneath the headsets than they do under the helmets. With and they've had quite a few big injuries too. Yeah, they're they're battling injuries too. Like you have Braylon Allen over there. Why is that guy not running for 180 yards a game? Why are you still trying to force feed your explosive offense that doesn't exist yet? Because 
you don't have the right quarterback. You don't have the wide receiver talent. I know you have to like put some of it on film to, to get those guys to come there, but man, you are, you're wasting one of the best running backs in the country right now. You are wasting an opportunity to be the last team to win, win the big 10 West. Like Wisconsin, if they just went back to old style, Wisconsin would, would win the West easily, but they're not going to. That no, um, I, I feel like they are, and I feel like they were pretty, uh, pretty bullish on it that they were going to do their scheme and they were going to make it work. Yeah, uh, I know they lost Malusi, I think they lost Malusi for the year, which makes it more so that you should be hammering that ball home with Allen every chance you get because what that's what Wisconsin's known for. And I realize you need proof of concept, and you brought in Mordecai to throw the ball around the yard. I'm not sold on that wide receiver room, and I'm not just, sold on Mordecai. Mordecai's I, since spring has been making questionable decisions, and he's he's physically very talented, but upstairs it just seems to be something missing when when you're under fire, and yeah. I feel like that's what you're seeing with him. So I'm not sure they got the guy there, but I feel like they're in a better spot than Nebraska is at least with the the guy throwing the ball right now. But that that ain't saying much. Yeah, I. I've, you, we get them at home. I think Nebraska should win that game. I really do. I, I, it's not one where I'm like, they could win. I think Nebraska should win that game. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I believe at that point of the season as well, but we'll kind of see as, as we go. So uh, that, that's, that's as cheerful as I could be with that response. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Uh, Drake, uh, you got anything else, my man? No, I'm good, brother. All right, well, I'm going to go watch this Niners and Cowboys game because I, uh, I I have a rooting interest in the NFC to see who comes out and win that that uh, game because I have a fantasy rooting interest in George Kittle tonight. So, uh, Well, touche. Well, we both have a reason to watch the game. So, uh, everybody, thanks for joining us here on Church of the Corn. We will see you later. Have a great night, everybody. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.